It is season three. Holy shit, season three. We got renewed. Uh, we had to pull some. We had to pull some stuff with the sponsors. Uh, hopefully, we don't mm-hmm. end up in a situation like my bad this week. Um, we'll, we'll get. We'll get to the uh, the clown show. Literally, that is the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up in my bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we don't have any roofing companies, so I think we'll be okay. Okay, I think we'll be fine. Episode one, and this was supposed to be the Evan Ozzie Nolan. Hmm? I said the Ozzy Smith episode. Ooh, the Ozzy Smith episode. I like that. But it was also supposed to be. Uh, and I was feeling a little underweather two days ago when it was your 43rd birthday and it was your 43rd birthday extravaganza show, which I guess it's really not anymore. But, 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 do you know what the number one song is on the day you were born? I looked this up for one of those stupid things once. Uh, is it, was it a Bee Gees song? I have a Bee Gees in my head. Well, it's 79, but no. Or, or is it We Are Family? No. Oh, okay. No, I don't know. Oh, freak out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you so know what the original the original chorus to freak out was actually? Before they had to change it? Not. No. What it what was, is it? Originally it was F U. And then they were forced to change it in order to get any radio play. Shit, I didn't know that. This is just this is just them uh Nile Rogers swearing at the bouncer at the whole song is about swearing at the bouncer at the studio fifty four, who would let him in because he didn't know who he was. That's what that whole song is about. I had no idea. Yeah. So the original, so- the original song was F you. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So. A good story that would be good on another show. How the hell did this go? Number one, which now has two co-hosts. Really? Brad Nelson. You met when you were a yeah. part of that. Extra- he's now uh, an official co-host. We call him the Heather Locklear because he was brought in early in a season to make something better. Melrose place. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm hoping that those Celtics waved Jabari Parker today. I'm hoping that means that they're going to bring in something to make it better because the Celtics have had their worst loss of the season five consecutive games in a row. So, Mm-mm-mm. yeah. So, oh, well, so yeah, that was that was uh, that was the big trivia thing that I that I had for you on your 40th nice. birthday. Yeah, for, I, I don't know why I thought it was that because I know the the. The, it was a good year for Pittsburgh in 1979. Mm-hmm. Both the Pirates and the Steelers were champions. So, yeah, featuring probably one of the weirdest MVPs ever in baseball, Willie Stargell. Great player, yeah. but that year stunk. But he had a great playoff. Became, I think he became the first guy to win the MVP, LCS MVP, and the World Series MVP. Two out of three he deserved. Fair enough. Who should have won in 79 if not Stargell? I, well, he, he tied with Keith Hernandez. Oh, okay. So, I mean, Hernandez could have easily been that. If I remember correctly, I think Stargell had less than 120 hits. Wow. Which for a non-strike season, I. That's, uh, that's Rafael Palmeira winning the gold glove at first base. And a B war under three. Ooh. So, but whatever, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the hall of fame related news. And I wanted to kick off. Uh, sort of, uh, it's almost a combined thing because one of my regular segments is the shit box where mm-hmm. I'll just talk about wherever the hell I want that may or may not be Hall of Fame related, but I, and then elevator up, elevator down, which as it suggests, hey, who made a case over the past week to make their elevator, their Hall of Fame chances go up and who went down? Uh, I'm combining this because I got to, we got to do a deep dive on Antonio Brown. 
Or did something happen with him this week? <laughs> Not only is the elevator down, he decided to get out of it and said, you know what? I can actually levitate up there because I'm Antonio Brown. Mm. I don't know what's going on in this guy's head. There's been all sorts of shit going on uh, in our little Twitter group. I mean, it's either CTE or this guy's just been a diva all his life. It could be a combination of both. I don't know what's going on. I, I am going to say this. I want Antonio Brown back in the NFL if he's mentally equipped for it. And mm-hmm. right now he is not. I am not taking any, I don't, I have nothing against Antonio Brown. Uh, this guy's a mess, mm-hmm. a colossal mess of epic proportions that's, that's even got worse today with an interview he did. I, I, before we go there, I, I brought up here, I think ESPN put this together. I forget. Hey, hold, hold on one quick second. Sorry. Hold yeah. On. Yeah, so I just, uh, some, they put together the last three years of just Antonio Brown. And again, we're talking about an all-decade player. Uh, probably, I, I think, like, basically, he was the best decade, best decade, sorry, best wide receiver of the 2010s. And if not, he's number two. Agreed? I'd have to think about that, but he's up there, sure. Yeah. So he was named all-decade player. So December 2018, deactivated for the Steelers uh, for reportedly throwing a ball at a teammate in practice. Met with uh, Art Rooney in February 2019, and they both decided time to move on. Traded to the Raiders for for two picks, which at the time seemed it was only a third and fifth. Well, turned out to be a steal for Pittsburgh. I don't know who they who they got, but whatever it was, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really matter, does it? this point uh, no no uh placed on non-football injury because he fro- he had frostbite on his feet from cryotherapy yeah <laughs> missed the raiders training camp over helmet grievances and released when he asked for it signed a one-year deal uh with the patriots two days after his release then his ex-trainer Brittany taylor accused brown of sexual assaults yeah within like 24 hours of him joining the patriots right uh well, didn't he play one game? Yeah, he played the game against. He had a great game against Miami. Yeah. Got a touchdown. Uh, just while I'm looking up who the Steelers got, they got Deontay Johnson okay. in the third round with that third round pick, who is a pretty good choice. He almost he scared the hell out of me. I won my fantasy league, but he scared the hell out of me for that one. And they got tight end Zach Gentry. Okay. Out of that deal. So, so released. January 22nd, 2020, charged with felony burglary. Jesus, I can't talk. There's a good word. Burglary. Burglary. Blah, 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 blah. I forgot all about that. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Misdemeanors, da-da-da, for moving truck. Uh, Suspended eight games overall. He got lucky that it was just that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the Buccaneers signed him. And suspended three. Three games for COVID nineteen protocols. <laughs> well, because well, because he faked the he faked the uh, the documentation. Yep, yeah, I guess he he thought well, my guy's better than Evander Kane's. I guess not. <laughs> yeah, and then in his comeback, took equipment off, runs off the field during the games at the against the Jets. Coach Coach Bruce Arian said he's no longer a buck. And then this is where the he said, he said comes up. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe we got to do a deep dive here into this because obviously we don't know really what it was. There's no John Boy lip reader to really look at this one because we, do, we don't have footage of that. Mm-hmm. Only they know for sure. I hate to say it. Don't you kind of want to believe Bruce at this point? <laughs> I mean, if he actually has a text message, it's he says he has. Which he would have uh, released. Probably because he released the ones about uh, uh, Brady's guy whose name just completely jumped out of my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, who I don't know why he released that. I thought maybe he thought it made Brady look bad or something. It just made him look bad. Like, it's like, hey, I want my money back. Guys, like, sure, I'll give you your money back. He's like, how dare someone give me my money back when I ask for it? It's like, <laughs> does, does not Tom Brady look even better? I mean, I, I love Tom Brady's class right after. That's a pro. Like, you're getting asked about this. I mean, like, he, they're all saying, well, we didn't know what was going on the sideline. Bullshit. Y'all did. And you mm-hmm. came back and won the game anyway. Actually, Mike Evans, who tried to stop Antonio Brown mm-hmm. from leaving, got a touchdown that drive. True. Yeah. That is some impressive focus that really has gotten lost in this whole thing. And Brady was classic just as well. He had nothing bad to say about him. Even after he got trashed today by Antonio Brown. Yeah. Who said that Brady only wanted him because he was good at football. Needless to say, Brady took him in to his house when he, when he needed him there, got him on there. Uh, the only reason that Antonio Brown has a Super Bowl ring is because of Tom Brady uh, and, and that team. Let's just even say that Antonio Brown's completely right on that. Yeah, I had some bosses take interest in me because I could sell for them. That's <laughs> 100%. not exactly the worst. Some people you connect with, some people you don't. Mm-hmm. Did Tom Brady want to win and he did what he thought he had to do and he sort of gave him a shot? Because this does not happen without, without Tom. It doesn't. There's a lot of people who hate Tom Brady, uh, and I get it, because I think a lot of people hate people who win so much. Mm-hmm. You cannot hate on him for this, uh, just the nonsense this clown was saying today. And I, I think even that, I want to bring some of what he said today on this interview. Uh, who was it with? It doesn't even matter what, who it was with on, on, on a podcast that I've never heard of, much like they're, they've never heard of me, so that's okay. Yeah, fair. I mean, there are, to be fair, there are a lot of podcasts out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when asked why he removed this, his shirt, I got too sexy for the stadium. The coach said, get the F out of here. So F you guys too. I'm taking off your logo. I'm not wearing this shit anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now here's this. The word says, now imagine you hear 60,000 people like, yeah, AB. Okay. Let's just go to that first before we go any further. They were all laughing at you. They're the opposing team looking at an opposing player make a spectacle of themselves. Of himself. I'm going to cheer that too. Let's be honest. It is the greatest thing to happen in the Meadowlands for the Jets in at least a decade. Well, also the Giants play there, so maybe just in the Meadowlands. Well, that's also true. It's been yeah. a long time. since. I mean, I can't say anything as a Patriots fan about the Giants. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's been a long time since they've had a winning season too. So I don't know who his enablers are. I don't know. It's a man child at this point. Mm-hmm. So you're what is he 31, 32? Never sort he's got people around him who just 
just no matter what he does, say, well, you're right, AB, you got it, AB. And this is what you get. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what more to say. Now, let's talk about him for the Hall of Fame. I don't see how any other team t- touches this guy again. I know we've talked about him a lot, but now we've got a, all this other stuff. If Tom Brady can't make it work with you, why would any what 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 quarterback has the kind of pull to do this at this point? Well, here's the thing: the team that you would normally say would take the chance on him is the Raiders, and they've already had the chance on him. So, um, and the, also, I mean Belichick and Belichick, yeah, the two teams you would think would already take a chance on him are the are the Raiders and Bill Belichick, and, and the quarterback. Like, and they, yeah, they've already they've already done it. So unless I mean, I can't imagine. It'd have to be some team that was pretty desperate. Jacksonville, maybe. Uh, I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of somebody who would like maybe. But Jacksonville might not want to do it with Urban Meyer. I'm just. I'm spitballing here. Like, even, yeah, even Jacksonville, right? I mean, like that's the one thing though that when people will say, "Well, you know, you can, you'll get people in the stadium." They don't need it. All they're all making money. Yeah, that's true. So you don't need a headache like him. So a team that would take a shot at him is if you think, okay, well, maybe he's going to put us over the edge. Like, mm-hmm. like a team like right now, like let's say Drew Brees was still with the Saints and they've got wide receiving problems. I think, I think, I think there's one team left. Who's that? Baltimore. Okay. Baltimore is stable enough that they may believe that with, and I'm not saying Baltimore would necessarily do this, mm-hmm. but Baltimore's. Baltimore gets a little more credit for being a stable organization there. They've, I mean, they've won two playoff games in the last decade, but uh, they, or since their last Super Bowl, um, but they are, they have a no, they have a coach who is used to dealing with big personalities. They have an organization that's used to dealing with big personalities. They tend to be the place where people had to go to towards the end of their career to really build things. And they hate the Steelers. So I'm not saying it's pot. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I'm just, I'm not saying Baltimore would do it. I'm just saying out of all the candidates just running through quickly in my head, that's the only one I could legitimately see doing it. I actually don't think Baltimore would do it at this point either. I'm just saying that's the only one I can see at this point that he might actually go to. Cause I mean, the, and any other team that, I mean, so say, I don't know. I'm just throwing out the Texans. Say a Texans. Is he going to go to Houston and play for the, that? Like he needs a quarterback. He knows that too. He's 21st all time in receptions to this point. He's got 928 receptions, 12,291 receiving yards. Uh, he's, he's got, he's only played 146 games. So he's played like the guy in front of him is Art Monk. And again, Monk played a whole different time period, but Monk played 78 more games to get 12 more receptions. Right. Like where his, his, his stats for how much he's played and how, where he is with reception else like Julio Jones, for example, has played two fewer games and has 54 fewer receptions at Brown. Okay. Yeah. That's the one who uh, I think he, he won the decade because of Antonio Brown's issues in terms of yardage. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, again, either way. So like we're talking one, a one B with, with a B a lot of comparison was made with him and Terrell Owens and so you probably have that up. So Owens is where against him, obviously like much higher. Owens, Owens, uh, Owens has 150 more catches, but he played 
60, 73 more games. Mm-hmm. He had 73 more games to get 150 more catches and 3,700 more yards, give or take. Okay. And he was forced to wait uh, two three extra years. years. Yeah. Oh, two. yeah. Two extra years. So, yeah, three yeah. years total, two extra years. I agree with that. So, Brown, who stat-wise is under Owens, as much as I think they're both very comparable players in their prime. Mm-hmm. Owens was kept out because they, they, more or less people would say, well, he's a bad teammate. And from what we've learned in the process, Ter- Terrell Owens the, was the most debated person in that room by far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brown's issues now exceed that by far. Throw in the domestic other violence issues, which may or may not mm-hmm. be true. I'm not going to say they are. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But holy shit, this is going to be really, really hard for him. I, I've never seen any, and I've, I said this two years ago, I've, Antonio Brown is acting his way out of the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And here, he, here we are again, and it's way worse. I'm trying to think of in any sport, anyone quitting during a game in dramatic fashion. I know what's happened where they quit during a game. Monte Davis did it two years ago. I think mm-hmm. with the Bills. I mean, and I could tell you in Chicago, Scottie Pippen still gets dragged for not going back in that playoff game. He didn't even quit. He just didn't want to go into a playoff game because his feelings were hurt. Yeah, but that's true. But it wasn't like this. No. I mean, there was nothing. I, I've never so, seen Scotty also has six championships and a little bit of leeway. <laughs> That's also true. That's also true. Well, Scotty Pippen's pretty interesting now. Yeah, he, he uh, and Jordan. I don't know what happened. Somebody pissed in somebody's lemonade, though. Yeah. Well, him and Phil Jackson. Yeah. I will say if there's an elevator up out of all of this, mm-hmm. it's Mike Tomlin. Yes. And again, Mike Tomlin, who mm-hmm. once tripped a player. <laughs> Going down Nobody the side. Remembers. I'd like to put that out. Oh, because he's so sanctimonious about yeah. like his headsets went out in New England. It's like this always happens up when we're in New England. Guess what happened when the Patriots, the last two times Patriots been in Pittsburgh? Our headsets have gone out. Like it happens everywhere just because it's the Patriots, whatever. But in the same point, he had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown on that team. And let's not pretend Ben Roethlisberger is some sort of saint either. Think about this. So out of those three, the person who might play the last game is Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, well, that's true. Because Bell was cut again, right? He's not even, I don't think he's on anyone's roster. I don't know at the moment. I've lost track. I mean, certainly as fantasy owner, I I stunk by the way. I think I, I, whatever, but anyway. The beach dogs are going to turn into the ice dogs for next year. <laughs> that's, that's my fantasy team name for anyone who sort of wants to figure and, that and out. I, and I am the uh, fetid chupacabras. Yes. Much better name. Is, than he, is he currently on? Is he currently on? A, damn, I don't even think he is on a roster right now. Last team he was on was Tampa. Hold on. December 22nd, he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, is he still? As far as I could tell. Okay. He's had five rushing attempts in two games for four yards. So there's no guarantee that he's even going to see action, even with Tampa going through. 100%. So 
that could very well be true. That Roethlisberger, who, I mean, he's had his issues, which we'll dissect another time, because obviously in our mock committees and all this other stuff, his character is going to come up and whatnot. Uh, yeah. I, I want to save that for another time, frankly. I just don't really want to go into yeah. that. But I just thought this whole deep dive in Antonio Brown, who I, he's not all there. Or I see that that's I think I think more of I mean he did get cream by Vontez perfect in that game. Yes, he did four years ago, five years ago, one of the most vicious hits I've ever seen. Yep. And I can't honestly say that I knew much about his personality before that. Like I, I don't have I don't have any information on it. So is it possible CTE is involved? Yes, it is. Is it possible yeah. is something outside of CTE? 100%. And is it, it could also just be the disease of more. Like you said, just nobody has ever told him no at any point. I mean, still remember uh, in the, the Patriots played the Steelers and he was live streaming in the locker room during like the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. and got yelled at for it and like threw it back in Tomlin's face. Like it, this isn't like a new thing recently. It's just, it's been escalating and whether it's something is getting worse or whatever, I, I don't know, but it's clear that there is something not fully there for whatever reason. With Antonio Brown. And I, and I want the NFL teams not to sign him, not because I don't want Antonio Brown to be without just because this is not healthy for him at this point. If you're the USFL, do you sign Antonio Brown? I, I don't know. I don't even know who's backing that. I paid no attention to this. I know. They, I, they named four coaches the other day, and I'm like, wait, the gamblers are back? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I saw something like it was like all the commercials for it's back this spring, and like, but they have no players. So. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown's probably going to be one of those types where, I mean, like, that's the other interesting thing too. He lost potentially a million dollars in, in bonuses mm-hmm. and whether or not, I mean, that, that's the other thing too. He says he was, he, he told them they made him play. I don't buy that one. I mean, there, these teams are so goddamn cautious. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really don't buy that one for a second. I mean, I'm sure they know everything about everyone's medical at this stage. Mm-hmm. So, and then it also goes back to his character. Yeah, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to agree to play until this very moment. And I think just also to the side bit where you've got Mike Evans and I forget the other, other player just yeah. trying to talk him out of it. Yeah. And again, mad props to Mike Evans for just mm-hmm. going right back in there knowing that his teammate and possible friend, I don't know the relationship, but he's just basically trying to stop this guy, friend, acquaintance, teammate, whatever their relation, not teammate anymore, from imploding and then staying focused and getting a touchdown. That, to me, he's my MVP of the week. Understood. Uh, By the way, the USFL is owned by Fox Sports. Okay. They've committed uh, 200 million over three years for its operations and trying to attract 250 million more from investors. So the teams are the Birmingham Stallions, who are going to be coached by Gene Chiswick, the Houston Gamblers, right, Kevin Sumlin, the New Orleans Breakers, because Lord knows New Orleans can definitely support another professional sports franchise, uh, 
The Breakers is an awful name for a city that sort of dealt with a flood. The Levy. What's the name of the, the name of the old soccer team from Boston, which is weird? Uh, the Tampa Bay Bandits, mm-hmm. uh, coached by Todd Haley. Uh, the Michigan Panthers, who have not been announced yet. The um, New Jersey Generals, coached by Mike Riley. The Philadelphia Stars, coached by Bart Andrus, and the Pittsburgh Maulers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's where they're based, but they're all everyone's going to play. There's a North Division, South Division, but all games are going to be played in Birmingham, Alabama. All games are going to be played in Birmingham? Correct. Mm. It's all in all in Alabama. I, I don't know. I mean, why not? I guess that's a COVID thing, huh? Or the stadium is going to be available. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. I, I don't even know that I have any interest in it. I actually got into the XFL briefly when it came back. That was actually mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yeah, actually, I agree. It was actually pretty good football before COVID destroyed it. Like, that was seriously a league that might have survived had COVID not happened. We'll, we'll, we'll see if the rock smells what they're cooking. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't say this before, but I thought maybe uh, before we go into more sections, we should look at uh, not Mr. Tibbs' tracker. We haven't looked at that in a bit. Oh, sure. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, so like that's uh, what that is, for those wondering. That is uh, not Mr. Tibbs, uh, Ryan Thibodeau on Twitter. He does a phenomenal job. One of those ideas that I wish I would have thought of where he's just tracking all the known votes for the Baseball Hall of Fame. So, and I have to say, not Mr. Tibbs' uh, name will lead into the death march, unfortunately, mm, this yeah. week. So, Yeah, we waited two days and we got another big one on that. Yeah. Uh, do you, so right now, uh, there's 136 ballots in, so 36.5% of the uh, ballots Three people will get in. It's the same as we looked at it before when there was hardly any, but the numbers are going a little bit down. David Ortiz at 83.2%, Bonds mm-hmm. at 80.4%, and Clemens at 79 even. Any thoughts? Uh, first of all, I actually heard a legitimate reason why people are voting for Bonds, not Clemens. Oh, I'd love to hear it. It's the KC, whatever her name is, the singer, uh, who he had the, uh, no, Mindy, Mindy, whatever her name was. Uh, okay. The singer who he had some sort of um, Mindy McCready, that's her name, okay. uh, who he had some sort of issue with. Let me see if I pull that up. Oh, is, is this a domestic violence thing I'm not aware of? Yeah. Uh, Mindy oh. McCready, Roger Clemens. Hold on. He had an affair and then she committed suicide, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that went on along with it. So it was just the, the role. And I, I don't know exactly how it all goes with that, but that's a reason that at least one voter gave for why they voted for Bonds and not Clemens because they thought they both deserved to be in there. But there's more about that Lindy McCready than I'd heard, just by the way. Okay. And as much as we were talking about character in the Hall of Fame, I mean, the baseball writers are instructed that that is something. 100%. Which is why Ty Cobb is in there. Um, (laughs) With Kennesaw Mountain Landis. I wonder, I haven't been to the baseball hall. I wonder if they're right next to each other. They are, they are not. Uh, they're close. I have, yeah, because I have been to the baseball hall a couple yeah, times. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tom Yawkey, Charlie Comiskey, you know, all, all the greats. Um, so, uh, yeah, so right now we have the three of them. Uh, the mm-hmm. other interesting thing, and I guess isn't that surprising, is um, I'm going to predict it now. I don't think we need to bet beer on this. 
Omar Vizquel is never getting in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, yeah, let's look at that one. Like, holy shit. So, he's lost 39 votes so far. Which, again, we've only got 136. So he's at 8.4%. Uh, his final from 2021 was 49.1. Mm-hmm. Uh, would this be the biggest? I'd have to look at this, but this has got to be. The I mean, he, he said he said it's the biggest drop he's ever had on the tracker for one year to the next. Um, Schilling's lost 16, but he's already told people not to vote for him. So some maybe some people are so, thinking that they might as well. I mean, but again, like I've said before, I'll say again. He only becomes more powerful as a martyr. I was trying to I was trying to do the cat woman there from the second. Yeah, never mind. That didn't work <laughs> out too good. I appreciated it. So, well, um, I'm, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad you did because that was sure a shitty impression. But, yeah, but he's he's not going to make it uh, no. ever. It's it's basically over. So and it looks as though right now uh, we're not going to have anybody shut out either. Uh, oh. Yeah, Ryan, I, I, unless I'm wrong, Ryan Howard's got three votes. Uh, Tim Hudson's got four. Tory Hunter's only got two. Lindsey's mm-hmm. got three. Nathan's got four. Papelbon's got one. Uh, and Mark Teixeira's got one. So I think this is going to be the first time I can remember we're going to have nobody shut out. So there's two that, well, two, three that are things that are really interesting here to me. Uh, and they're all sort of like next to each other alphabetically. Uh, A-Rod's at 44.8. I honestly thought he was going to be higher than this. Sorry, I just got a message from my sister about my mom. Go ahead, continue. I apologize. No, sorry. Uh, so, so A-Rod is at 44.8, which I mm-hmm. thought he'd be higher. And I know you and I sort of are on the same uh, page on this one. Uh, we really don't care what anyone did before they instituted rules in, ba- in Major League Baseball, which said, okay, now no steroids. And if you do, there's a penalty. Yeah. And yes. A-, A Rod was popped, but A Rod was just so damn good. And he just he just seemed forgiven the way he's been embraced. I I honestly think 44% so far is forgiven. This might be one of those hmm. next year he gets a whole bunch of votes. Uh, because Clemens and Schilling and uh and Bonds will all be gone. Yeah, regardless of whether they get regardless, it. Regardless, one way or another, they're all going to be gone. But it's going to be interesting. Let's just say that I don't think Bonds and Clemens are getting it. I think it's going to be close, but I think we end up just short. Mm-hmm. Ortiz, I've said for two years at this point, I thought he was getting it with 76% of the vote. Right now, he's at 83.2. I think he's getting it with like 76% of the vote. Right. Once you have Ortiz and I love David Ortiz like a, like a brother. Like, I love that man, right? Right. He brought more joy to my life than anyone not named uh, Thomas Brady, right? I'm sure your uh, wife will love to hear this. Uh, for men, for men. <laughs> okay. All right, just for men. If you want, we'd be a great sponsor. Yeah, exactly. Huh? huh? Yeah, we even get Keith Hernandez on the show. We'd, we'd, we'd take him as a guest. Uh, but once... But Ortiz, and I was wrong on this, and I'll apologize again. I Ortiz and A-Rod were both busted on that Mitchell report, and it came out that they had both tested positive. Uh, and that um, if you have Ortiz in and A-Rod not in, but it, it but seems Ortiz, odd. No, because Ortiz never got popped after. 
Well, that's true. But but Clemens and Bonds never got popped at any point. I, I agree. That's why I keep voting for him if I could. Right. So, and again, as, as I brought up with uh, Dave, uh, I can't think of his last name, our friend from... Uh, from uh, Longhorn Denver. Dave? Uh, yeah, Longhorn Dave. Yeah, Longhorn Dave asked, what's your opinion on steroids in the hall? And I said, if you have Bud Selig, you have Tony La Russa, Mm-hmm. You have Joe Torrey, and to a certain extent, Bobby Cox. Uh, Bobby Cox goes at the same time. I don't think there's as much on Bobby Cox as Torrey and La Russa, and certainly Selig. Right. Once you have those guys in, like Tony La Russa, we nailed Mark McGuire for never being able to get in the Hall of Fame, despite for the fact he was the single most important person in the entire league for at least three seasons. Absolutely. At least three. Like, you can debate other ways, but 97, 98, 99, there's nobody, even probably into 2000. There's nobody in the league more important than Mark McGuire, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you can make an argument with Jeter just because those Yankees teams and he was a captain of those teams. Yeah, but McGuire had that chase that got right. him back into it. 100%. Yeah. And who was his coach in Oakland? That would be Tony La Russa. And who was his coach in, in uh, St. Louis? That would be Tony La Russa. So are some of Tony La Russa's wins with Mark McGuire? Like a fuckload of them are mm-hmm. so how does tony la Russa get credit for what mark mcguire did and mark mcguire not get credit for what mark mcguire did because la Russa has the most amazing post senior citizen mullet mm. i don't know i'm trying to come up with something that that is possible i haven't i haven't seen uh ally afraidy recently i'm Speaking hoping that, that he, he kept his i wouldn't you think that he uses just for men that hero is uncharacteristically uh, black at his age yeah, he probably uses Grecian formula. So it's actually, he got it from ancient Greece. Um, Does that still exist? I have no idea. Okay. I, I did think I did see a bottle once. It said, now asbestos free. But um, <laughs> I know, I honestly, what this is saying, we have three people over right now. I think Ortiz is just enough over at 83.2% right, right. that the drag down is going to bring him to what would I said, about 76. Mm-hmm. I think the drag down is going to be just enough to bring Bonds and Clemens under. They're going to end up with between 70 and 72% would be my right. guess. So the, another one that I find, I didn't realize how well he was doing until just now. Scott Rowland's at 72. Mm-hmm. Well, we said Scott Rowland was going to be the biggest beneficiary because he's yeah. the one who doesn't have the steroid stand on him and people want to vote for somebody. I, I would be upset, and no disrespect to Scott Rowland, but Scott Rowland is not any of the names we just discussed. Um, I don't want Roland to be the only inductee. Well, the other thing is we're going to have a huge class anyway for the people who they've already elected. Right. So, so that's not as big a deal as in years past, but what I don't want is two blank, two blank processes in a row. Right. Uh, I mean, we've had, we've had four people submit blank ballots so far. We've had, yeah, we've had four people submit blank ballots. We've had, um, no one submitted only one player. No one submitted only two players. Three people submitted six players, or six people submitted three players. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Like I can understand if I can understand with this list if you think there are only three legitimate Hall of Famers. I can understand. Like I think that if you take steroids out of it, there's at least eight. <laughs> yeah, probably more. Mm-hmm. But like if you just want to say Clemens, Bonds, A Rod or Ortiz, or you take the other guys out and say three other people. I get that. 
but the four blank ballot people, and one guy submitted blank ballots now in back-to-back years, and the other one submitted blank ballots in three out of four. All right, I, I just got to move on because it's just going to get me upset. Yeah, it drives me nuts. Uh, so just one other thing too, I did not think he was going to survive, but maybe I'm just uh, overestimating or underestimating just the power numbers and the MVP. Jimmy Rollins at 11-9. No, Jimmy Rollins is going to make it. Well, he's going to survive. I mean, like make it. No, well, I mean, sorry, he's going to survive. He'll be on the okay. next ballot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay. And yeah, so that, that's, uh, I think we'll look at this again next week. Uh, also next week, we'll be doing our stuff. It's more of, a, more of a mock debate. We're not really going to tr- induct anybody. We're just going to d- have an open forum with uh, people who are into baseball. Vote at the end, and not that this really matters. It's a lot less structured than our football ones. Yeah, agreed. Well, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a whole lot less of a winnowing process. Well, there's, like it's, yeah, there's really none. It's just uh, I'm going to make my anti-Billy uh, Wagner one again. And it's I, I hey, I saw something this week. Someone put up Billy Wagner stats versus Mariano Rivera stats, and Wagner's yeah. are slightly better. Yeah, did they leave out the postseason? Well, eh. I mean, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't do it. I almost went to Aaron Rodgers and leaving out the postseason, but you can't, uh, yeah. you can't. Well, we'll, 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 we'll leave that out. I will just say this about Aaron Rodgers, sure, just. Quickly, I know we talked about it a little beforehand. Yep. Um, I will take Aaron Rodgers' home field advantage throughout the uh, the NFC playoffs. Mm-hmm. I will take right now whoever plays them in the in, NFC Championship game if they get there to win that game. I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet against that. I, I'm your He's going right. to lose to whatever team that is, and then his apologists are going to make some other apology along the way about how. This isn't Rogers' fault. He's actually better than Brady and Manning and whoever else they make the arguments uh, and everything else. He's going to lose that game. Um, and uh, then he's going to blame everybody else. And then he's going to throw another fit this offseason, probably with his MVP trophy that they're going to give him for being a terrible teammate uh, and, and move on. The anti-teammate of the year. Yeah, I mean... Okay. I think we didn't. We just give that to Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that. That is true. Yeah. He, he can't. It's another award he can't win because somebody bested him in a way he can't compete with. Um, but it has to be. I mean, a lot of the people, because a lot of know nothing people on football, right? Because uh, I'm going to say this. Because uh, we're going to come up. I'm going to do my rant that I was going to done my shit my shit post for uh, early. If you know, if you don't know what a down is. Don't tweet about the Super Bowl. That's it. Enough. That's it. <laughs> just, just that one line, because I, I don't. All these know nothings are going to come, come, uh, come up with a bunch of takes that they know absolutely nothing about, because that's the only game they know, and they probably saw a meme, which is why they think Tom Brady's a racist. Mm. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there's, there's something to that. I, I, I am excited. I don't think my saints are going to get through, but mm-hmm. if they're out, you've got a lot of good teams that all flawed. Usually mm-hmm. it feels like the last 10 Super Bowls, you have a pretty good idea who's going to get in or you could get mildly surprised. You've narrowed it down to four teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last real big surprise team was that. I mean, is there a 
Where's the biggest surprise team since the second Eli Giants team? I mean, I'm sure there are others I think of. That was just like they were a six seed and well, Tampa wasn't Tampa a six seed, but they were just they had they were coming off so much momentum. I mean, look at Indianapolis right now. Yeah, well, yeah, but then Indy just lost to the Raiders. So mm-hmm. um so I don't know. We'll see. It's it can be interesting. The AFC playoffs, Joe Burrow is apparently sitting uh this week. Mm-hmm. So if they lose, that means it's and the Patriots win a game that they never win. The Patriots have never beaten Miami in the last week of the season. We're 0-4 in the history of the franchise. Like we always we lose games in Miami like anything. But if the Patriots win that game and the Bengals lose, that's a Bengals Patriots first round. I could win two bets this weekend. And actually, well, lose one. Yeah, well, the, you have the Bills. So if the Bills lose to the Jets, which I, the Jets were frisky last week, but because yeah. um, they have to win, otherwise, if the Patriots win, they get the division, right? Right. Um, so what was the other one? You could, division. What's the other one? Uh, oh, and the end uh, first pick in the draft. Right, we, and we didn't we didn't pick teams. We picked. Uh, divisions. Yeah, and I picked the NFC East, and you had the AFC South, right? Right. So, like, I, I'm going for either a win or a push because you can't win that. Right. Yeah. Right. Somehow the Giants, who had I watched that Giants Bears game this last weekend, mm-hmm. that may have been the single worst offense I've ever seen an NFL team run in my life. Didn't like. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. And uh, it had uh, negative ten yards passing. That is so bad. Maybe that's why I didn't bother watching that. And yeah, our other I one, didn't have a choice. It was the only game on in Chicago. Oh, so. okay. I'll have to show you how I sort of circumvent that thing because I am the pirate of the Caribbean. Fair enough. Pirate of Manitoba? That doesn't sound well, does it? The Pirate of Manitoba starring... I don't know. I got nothing. I didn't think that one through. I'd, I'd say Alan Thicke, because I can't think of any other Canadian actors, but he's dead. Show so. me that smile. Well, Robin Thicke's still alive, just his career's dead. No, isn't he, isn't he one of those stupid... He's, he, he's one of the guys from The Voice. Yeah, whatever. So. Uh, yeah, and the other one was just straight up, who's going to do better at the end of it. Uh, sort of last team standing, Saints, Patriots, I'm barely hanging on. Mm-hmm. Saints got to win, not Niners have to lose. Fair enough. And the Niners are certainly capable of losing. We're playing the Rams, but anyway, so I think we've got a, we think we should move on to what became a much bigger segment for you. Yeah. Uh, Those we lost and man, it sure. 2022 sure is feeling a lot like 2021. That's all I can say. Yeah. It's the thing is we're getting older. And so everybody who was an adult when we were kids are all passing away, but I will say the uh, last couple days of 2021, the beige mistress was back with a vengeance. Oh, or right. tell, tell everyone who that is. So the beige mistress who has been around that much recently. Um, I noticed last year when we started our 2020, 2020 now, so two years ago, mm-hmm. we started doing this and it's been the death roll. A lot of Hungarian athletes were passing away out of nowhere. And it was just every week, there's like one or two of them. And so while we don't want to go with the black widow. Kirk came up with a beige mistress, 40 person who was responsible for all this. She was pretty quiet in 2021, but the last day of 2021, she did grab, uh, I can't even pronounce, Scylla Madaraz, C-S-I-L-L-A. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. Uh, who was a uh, 
bronze medalist in the 1962 European Championships in in uh, the four by 100 freestyle. We, we got to uh, come up with the actress. Who would play the oh, page mistress? Oh, the page, page mistress. Um, so it's, so if it's Scarlett Johansson, we got to come up with like three levels below mm. in terms of fame or and vaguely Eastern European. Pretty much any white person, really, you know. Elvira. Um, sorry. Elvira. Um, I, no, I, I won't do that. Still looks great. She looks fantastic. Way. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Scylla Madaraz passed away at the age of 78. Mm-hmm. And the greatest chess player from the history of Hungary, Gabor Kalai, passed away of COVID mm-hmm. uh, at the age of, uh, let me do the math here, 62. So there you go. Nastasia Kinski. I don't know what she looks like now, but how about her? Page yeah, possible. Sure. Why not? All right. Um, all right, it's from baseball. Uh, we've lost three folks this week. Uh, Larry Bittner was the first one, outfielder uh, for the Cubs and Senators. Um, he played from 73, uh, 70 to 83, passed away at the age of um, 75, uh, had cancer when he passed. Uh, from the mostly the Kansas City Royals, um, uh, Member, but a member of the 68 Tigers. I'm sorry, mostly with Tigers. Uh, Tommy Matchick uh, passed away at the age of 78. He was a member of the 68 World Series winning Tigers. Uh, he passed away uh, a couple days ago. Uh, didn't say of what. But the bigger one, I guess, for me, someone who I remember very well from when I was a kid, uh, is Jim Corsi passed away. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, they had a big thing. Uh, they interviewed him back in November in the Boston radio station because he's a native of, of Newton, Massachusetts. Uh, Corsi um, d- didn't like the idea of someone checking out his colon, essentially, for a doctor. So he go to the doctor without getting the colon screening and died of colon cancer. Uh, and his big thing was, guys, don't be an idiot like me. Get this done. He had an interview that was aired back in... Uh, or it, it was filmed in November and aired on the 3rd of January. Uh, and then he passed away on the 4th. I think it was timed as a, hey, I'm, he's going to pass away. Let's get this done. But Jim Corsi, I thought of him mostly with the A's. It was the A's, Astros, Athletics, Marlins, Red Sox, and Orioles. Um, just a reliever who was around forever, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, I thought of him with those A's, the 88-89 A's were really, really good teams. Uh, he was also a studio analyst with the Red Sox on Nesson uh, and things like that. But yeah, he passed away uh, at the age of only 60. I always thought it was a bit of a surprise that the Oakland A's did not win three in a row. With that, yeah. with that team, 88-90. Yeah, that, that Reds team, though, came out of nowhere. That team just had momentum. So they swept them, too. I know. That Reds team, though, like, Tom Browning was just unstoppable at that point. So, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, though, I mean, like, like, they held Oakland down. No one was really that dominating. I think if I remember right, the World Series MVP off one start was Jose Rijo. That is true. Yeah. So it's, I'm not trying to shit on Jose Rijo. It's just like, it's just feels like one of these things is not like the other based on one start that wasn't like a no hitter or anything like that yeah so i don't know anyway um 
From the world of horse racing, uh, Billy Turner passed away. He's best known as a trainer of uh, Seattle Slough, hmm. who won the okay. Triple Crown in 1977, which was the last Triple Crown for a very long time. Uh, but he won a whole bunch of races over the years. Uh, he passed away from prostate cancer uh, on New Year's uh, Eve day at the age of 81. Um, sorry. Uh, from the world of football, we lost quite a few people. Um, we'll start with Fred Cohn, who's a member of the uh, Packers Hall of Fame, uh, passed away at the age of 95. Uh Played with the Packers from 51 to 57 in one year with the Cowboys on their inaugural team. Uh, he fell and broke his hip and mm. died, dur died during hip surgery on New Year's Day. On New Year's Eve Day, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, 95 years old uh, and a member of, of starting fullback uh, for Clemson. Was a two-time all-conference person. That was a SOCON before the SEC even existed. Um, but he played 94 games and is a member of the Packers Hall of Fame. Um, we also lost here, uh, Ross Browner, uh, who passed away at the age of 67, a member of the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, who's a, a number eight pick in the 1978 uh, draft by the Bengals, uh, went to Notre Dame, won the Outland Trophy, the Maxwell Award, the Lombardi Award, the Lineman of the Year, two-time All-American, um, member of the all 1978 All-Rookie Team. Member of the Bengals uh, team hall, uh, team, what do you call it? The 40th anniversary team, excuse me. Okay. Because uh, we know the Bengals suck at actually getting better. They're getting better. They finally figured it out. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, he passed away at the age of 67 uh, from complications of COVID. We lost, we lost a bunch of people to COVID this week, just by the way. Um, Ralph Neely passed and, uh, away. Uh, offensive tackle for the Cowboys uh, from 65 to 77, members of uh, the 1960s All-Decade team, uh, two-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champion, uh, drafted bo by both the AFL and the NFL, uh, but went to the NFL uh, out of Oklahoma. Um, yeah, he was drafted by the uh, Baltimore Colts and by the, uh, by the uh, Dallas Cowboys, so... No, that can't be right because the Col the Cowboys were in the NFL, so the Colts traded him his rights. I I, ap I apologize. He was drafted by the Colts yeah. and the Houston Oilers. I apologize. Okay. And yeah. then he got then he got traded to the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, so Ring of Honor, I think. I believe he is as well. Yes. So started 172 games in his career. Uh, sorry, 168 career games. Uh, out of 172 that he played. Uh, he also had seven kick returns for 48 yards as an offensive lineman. How does that happen? I don't, they must have been kicking short uh, and, and recovered five fumbles in his career. So um, we also lost uh, Greg Robinson, the defensive coordinator uh, for the Broncos teams that won the back-to-back -back championships, uh, also went on to coach Syracuse for a while. Um, two-time Super Bowl champion with them, uh, passed away of uh, Alzheimer's disease at only the age of 70. Um, yeah, so. It's rough. Yeah. 
Um, make sure I have all my football people before I move on to the next step. All right. So from the world of, oh, I'm sorry. Well, we have one other one. I'll go. I think we'll go into now. Uh, and that is Dan Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. Spend some time on him. Yeah, I think so. Uh, was it four Super Bowl appearances? Lost them all, but you got to be pretty damn competent to get to four. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, five. Uh, no, he got to five, right? The fifth. Was, uh, the Falcons. No, what the Falcons? Three with Denver, one with Atlanta. Are you going three with Denver? I thought so. Three in the eighties. Hold on one second. Yeah. So so yeah. Well, well, no, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. You're uh, correct. I, did he not win one as a player? Uh, he did. Yeah, so he, uh, Super Bowl six. Okay, with the Cowboys. Yeah, and that was sort of like at the tail end of his career. Then he became an assistant coach. Uh, yeah, I just and and he did win as an assistant coach at Super Bowl twelve. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So so he does have he does have the one. Like, yeah, all, yeah, all the work he did. So like, yeah, part of Tom Landry's coaching tree. One of those guys, I think, that is in that periphery for a coaching. For a coach to get in the Hall of Fame, I think there's a few people. He shouldn't be in the, He should not be in the periphery, though. I mean, he's he has a better claim than I guess, other than the fact that Vermeil won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's ahead of Vermeil in every other category. All right, so maybe we should have reworded that. He's in. He's on. He's very strong on the radar. The Sonic is pretty pretty loud. Bing. Yeah. Right. So, so I think you and I both agree that Vermeil cut the line a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is so did Cower. Oh, God, yes. uh, but the uh, I don't really have a problem with Jimmy Johnson getting in. Um, but Buddy Parker and Don Curiel, I think, are for both of us. Mm-hmm. Likely the next two, right? Uh, outside of that, now you have Holmgren, Shanahan, Schottenheimer, and Reeves. And yeah. we've lost both Schottenheimer and Reeves over the last year. If Reeves would have won one of those then yeah. he'd probably, he'd probably ha- be there already. Just, uh, I think people forget uh, when the Broncos won those three uh, for reasons, I don't really know why I have to really do a deep dive and figure that out. Or maybe it's just one of those strange coincidences that happened. The AFC just wasn't at the level of the NFC. It just wasn't throughout the eighties. Uh, they won like 16 consecutive Super Bowls or something stupid, something disgusting like that. It wasn't uncommon for the NFC team to be a 10-point favorite and win. I mean, and so Denver, as good as they were, just were not going to be at the level of whoever was representing the NFC. That's just how it was mm-hmm. for a long period of time. Same with the Bills. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was growing up, or just even through my whole teen years, it's funny how like you, you were betting, as we talked about earlier, that for the NFC East to be the worst. When I was young, man, What's the that? NFC East was the bomb. Of course. Yeah. I just thought this year they're going to be down. The Eagles were significantly better than I anticipated. The Washington football team, or should we call them the Admirals, uh, are, were better than I, I anticipated. I thought it was going to be the Commanders. And apparently it's been leaked all over the place in certain the places. Admirals? The Admirals. Oh, so, yeah. um, which is funny because the only Admiral I know of in Washington, D.C. died testing a cannon that backfired and killed him. <laughs> um, but it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, but 
uh, yeah, and only the Giants was bad, so I thought they'd be. Just by the way, the Raiders won in they won Super Bowl uh, eighteen in 1984 or in mm-hmm. the '83 season. The next team to win a Super Bowl for the AFC was the Broncos in 97 at the end of 97 season. So that's 14 consecutive, including. Okay, yeah. So we, we were, we were pretty close on that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know why that was, but it just was. Yeah. So um, it's, yeah, I, I just, I think Reeves is somebody who it's been too hard until recently for coaches to get in. And then why, and then with the 20th, uh, the 100th anniversary team they chose again i don't have a problem with jimmy johnson he would have been in my top 10 of guys to get in like you could pick one of them i don't mind two-time champion i get it gm of some very good coach and gm of some very good dolphins teams that didn't do anything but he had more than just coaching on his resume right right power was not in my top 15. mine either so Reeves, Schottenheimer, I mean, Buddy Parker, maybe they want people alive or they want to be on the TV show. Well, we know, we know, yeah, we've, we've discussed that ad nauseum. It's pretty, I think we both agree that it was a bit of an ego involved, I think, and with, on the part of David Baker, who I'm sure had some influence there just so we could get his knock. But anyway, I, I yeah. so, uh, but yeah, Dan Reeves is definitely someone who I expect if they keep this coaches category for a while which they should because there's a backlog mm-hmm. um then or if they at some point just merge coaches and other people together back again you get five six more coaches out of the way then i get it if you merge them back together and just do two um but yeah dan Reeves is somebody who by the end of this decade should be in mm-hmm. so um okay moving on to music um we uh lost hold on a second um jay uh we lost from the big daddy weave uh jay weaver who is the bass guitarist of that of that band it's a contemporary christian music band uh, he passed away from covid at the age of 42 uh from 42 42 yep um from we also lost hip hop producer uh, Tracks a Million, born Sultan Banks, uh, passed away from also at forty two uh, from cancer, unfortunately. Uh, pretty big uh, producer on the West Coast. Um, we lost from one of the kings of soca music. Passed away, Kenny J, not Kenny G, Kenny J, Kenrick Joseph uh, from Trinidad Tobago. Passed away at the age of 69, also from COVID. Mm. Um, figured, you know, I know how much you love soca music down there. So Yeah, I hate soca music, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, we lost the lead singer of the Force MDs, uh, Jesse Daniels. Uh, passed away at the age of 58. Uh, they are an R&B group um, who uh, basically... Uh, one of the early people who moved R&B into more hip hop back in the early eighties, one of those, those transitional bands. So he about, and actually probably maybe the creators of new Jack swing, if that makes sense, Ooh. the force MDs it's, it's debatable. 
Uh, but he was he was the lead singer in Pass at Fifty Eight. New Jack Swing uh, is like one of my favorite genres. Uh, it's just so much fun. Just, just absolutely love it. Yeah, despite, uh, how, despite my interesting, my very Caucasian translucent appearance, as you would describe it. I understood. I am as I am a translucent American as well. Uh, I'm a Canadian translucent Canadian. Which God. I just realized I've been here for, in Barbados for three years. I'm still the same damn shade. What the hell is going to happen to me when I live in Winnipeg? You'll turn the color of an igloo. Um, uh, Two-time uh, Grammy award-winning uh, French horn player, Dan Clevenger, mm. passed away at the age of 81, probably the best French horn player in the country. Uh, passed away, or at least at one point, uh, passed away at the age of 81 from cancer. Um, also, Richard Fried, American music critic, uh, one of the big ones for classical music, again, passed away at the age of 93, won a Grammy in 1995 for his work as a, produ uh, as a producer as well. And I guess the biggest name from music of passed away this week, uh, Calvin, uh, Calvin Simon um, from Parliament Funkadelic, uh, member of the P uh, Parliament when they got inducted the Hall of Fame, passed away at the age of 79 uh, just yesterday. COVID too, or does it say? Nope, it does not say. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he st he started out as one of the because the par parliament or started as the parliaments, which were a duop band, and he was one of the five original guys with George Clinton who had the fifties du duop band, the parliaments. So, I suppose there hasn't been a TV or movie about him uh, about George Clinton. Yeah, still the greatest concert I have ever seen in my entire life. Oh, okay. yeah. George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic. They played my college. Uh, I was one of maybe five non-black people in the audience, um, and my my Filipino girlfriend at the time was another one of them. Uh, but she blended in a little bit better than I did. But that was that whole concert was, and I won't be. I honestly say I did not know them as well at that point in my life. I was eighteen. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, that was just ridiculous how good they were. Um, yeah. So honestly, I think I really for learned about them the first time from PCU. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first uh, time that's come up on this show. Yeah. Uh, PCU is a seminal movie. If I have to, you know, if you could explain yourself a certain number of movies to your kids, I think PCU would not be that far down the list to explain <laughs> what my life was like growing up. So. I don't know, um, I don't know oh, one what person I would use in the same situation. Yeah, I, I think if you have to explain the 90s in a few movies, PCU, uh, Empire Records, there are a few of them that, that just movies explain the 90s. Sucks. That soundtrack was awesome, though. Yes. Um, I didn't say the movie was good. I just said to explain the 90s pretty oh, well. Okay. Um, I uh, can't hardly wait also explain the 90s very well. It was also not a good movie. Um, one person I did miss from the world of uh, the Olympics, Judd Logan, uh, who won a gold medal in the hammer throw at the Pan American Games and competed in four Summer Olympics for the U.S., uh, passed away uh, at the age of 62, also from COVID. Uh, he had been treated for leukemia two years previously and couldn't get, um, was told they couldn't get vaccinated. So... And then we come up with some big names who passed away this week. Um, just one person, the, 
the defense attorney for, or I guess the prosecuting attorney from Roe versus Wade. So on the Roe side, Sarah Weddington passed away uh, at the age of, she's born to 45. So that makes it. Which one was Roe and which one was Wade? Roe was the, um, Roe was the woman who wanted the rights and Wade was the, uh, the um, Texas um, attorney general. Okay. I can't believe so, I, all the time. I've always known what that was, but I never knew who they were and which one. Well, Roe was given to the, uh, given to Norma McCor- McCorvey, who was the actual woman uh-huh. because she wasn't, it was a privacy right thing. So she gave the name of Jane, oh. Jane Doe. She became Jane Roe because there were like a whole bunch of them. Man, why not? So, and then certain people dropped and then she ended up sticking around. Okay. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, Sarah Weddington uh, passed away at the age of 76. Just one of those interesting people in history. Uh, we lost then three giants in entertainment. Uh, the first okay. of whom was, uh, I'll, I'll go, the, I guess, the least impressive of them. It's still pretty freaking impressive. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich passed away mm-hmm. at 82. Um, he was an actor a little bit too, but best known for his directing. Directed uh, The Last Picture Show, What's Up Doc, Paper Moon, um, Noises Off, which is a movie I absolutely love. Uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, just won a ton, uh, just one of the great directors of the, mostly of the 70s. Um, so yeah, he passed away at 82. I didn't see from what. Um, Parkinson's mm-hmm. conversations with Parkinson's. Uh, then two of the absolute giants of one of TV and one of movies. I'm going to start with the TV one. Sure. Betty White. Uh, the best cartoon I saw about the death of Betty White was she got to the, the pearly gates in St. Peter's there saying, if you live to 99 and people still don't think you've lived long enough. That's quite a life. Yeah. Uh, I think this was my, my, my tweet on that. Uh, I can't think of too many people who have been more successful after the age of 60 who were that successful beforehand. Agreed. Like Betty, if Betty White never did anything, if she never even did Golden Girls, she would still have been massively successful. And then afterwards, I, I think... What sums her up the best to me of just what she meant is the fact that there was an, what was it, five, seven, I don't know how many years ago, but it was an online movement to get her to host Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. It was eight years ago. Eight years ago. Okay, thanks. So for that to happen, and then she's there, and she just nails everything. There is. She no was the best. Per- they, they, they aired it last week. Oh, did and they? I okay. wa- they aired it last week. I watched again. Mm-hmm. That cast was, let's just say, uneven. And she mm-hmm. was by far the best person on that show. But, like, she just, in terms of just, like, entertainment, like, we lost, what, her and Cloris the same year, I think, no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Cloris Leachman passed away last year as well, yeah. Yeah, and, like, everything you can say about Betty, you can say about Cloris and, and, and vice versa. Just, Betty just had that likable... I, I can't think of anything really bad you, you can even say about her. Anything. She is the greatest celebrity game show contestant of all time. Charles Nelson Riley, bite, bite your tongue. Charles Nelson Riley was very incredibly, is incredibly entertaining. 
you actually wanted to win. Mm-hmm. You wanted Betty White. Okay. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> Richard, maybe I, I, Richard. Maybe Richard Dawson, who I know was the host of. Uh, I, I've forgotten. I'm speaking with an actual game show contestant. Yeah, and I watch a lot of game shows, but she okay. is just she's the best at password. She's amazing at Hollywood Squares. Amazing mm-hmm. at the twenty five thousand dollar pyramid. Amazing at the match game. Um, yeah, she's just. In, in her 80s and early 90s, she was kick, killing it at the celebrity roasts on Comedy Central. Yeah. I mean, well, I she was, when, when did Hot in Cleveland then? Not that long ago, right? Uh, I think so. Like, I, I don't know. Like, uh, huh. like a few years ago. Yeah. But she's still like, I mean, she was still acting as a major player, not a bit player. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder Hot in Cleveland. I'm going there. Um, and probably like let's say if COVID didn't happen it went sorry went 2010 to 2015 okay so that means that 93 yeah she was still a main cast person on a show it's ridiculous yeah and and with all due respect to the other three most people were tuning in for Betty White a hundred percent yeah hundred percent and by the way the only other person I could think of to compare her to in terms of after 60 stuff and even he slowed down was George Burns. So I think Bur- Burns. Oh, yeah, actually, that would, that would be a better one because George, I don't think George Burns, George Burns, I, he was, he became a, actually a bigger star too. Cause he like, became I, a bigger star with the Oh God stuff and yeah, oh God yeah. level. And yeah, I agree. He became bigger. It's like Bob Hope made it to 100, but the last 15, 20 years of his life, he was just an old man in a wheelchair. He wasn't really out doing stuff. Bob Hope sucked. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just telling you. Yeah, he was. He was um, I, I was just trying to think of people who got that far. And the only one I could think of when you said that was George Burns. Actually, yeah, George um, Burns probably actually is a better example of that now that you bring that up. But for women, certainly it's Betty White. It's like yeah. Close. Uh, um, I, that was like, I, I don't, I can't even think of any, anyone who transcended generations like that. Nobody. Nobody. I mean, like she's. The, She's more popular. She's as popular with Z, like Generation Z mm-hmm. as she is with the silent generation, <laughs> if they're still around. It's true. It's, it's, it's so true because she could do everything. She could play the vixen. She could play the dirty grandma. She could play the sweet grandma. She was the person you wanted to hang out with. And it didn't matter what your interests were. She was going to find a way to get it to, uh, to appeal to you. I was watching a Mary Tyler Moore clip that they had mm-hmm. where she was just, uh, for those who don't aren't old like us, I never watched Mary Tyler Moore. I never watched uh, Mary Tyler Moore. But uh, I've wa- I, I lived with an 88 year old woman at one point. So we watched a lot of Mary Tyler Moore. Um, Holy crap. How, uh, that, when I first, when I moved back down to view. Yeah, when I moved back down to D.C., I mm. spent a year living with my great aunt while I was getting situated down there. Oh, okay. uh, that way, she had lost her husband. The family was happy to have me there. I was living rent-free while I was getting everything together. Nice. They are happy to have me there because someone was there with her. But mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time watching Nick at Night and old TV shows. Yeah, bring, bring uh, a girl home. She can't hear what you're doing. Uh, that never happened. Um, so uh, the, the only girl I had was my wife, and she was living in Boston at the time. So we, we, we weren't engaged yet. So oh, well um, then how my foot tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
I was watching an episode where she was a, the one of the news anchors, and she was just like this June Cleaver, always yeah. smiling, and everything happy, and she had to tell a story about somebody dying and blood and guts being all over the road, and it was so weird and off-putting, and she just completely pulled it off. It was she was awesome. So Godspeed, Betty. I mean, her comedic timing with being on the How You Live to a Hundred is the People magazine. And then dying the day before it hits the newsstands. The comedic timing of that is pretty perfect. I think she would actually get a kick out of it. Yeah. Uh, and as great as she was, maybe on the short list of most important actors mm-hmm. in the history of cinema, Sidney Poitier has to be there. Uh, in terms of importance, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like, the just. I think it's hard for people to understand now. And again, you and I weren't there at the time. Mm-hmm. Just how incredible Guess Who's Coming to Dinner was as a movie. I just finally saw that two years ago. Yeah. I was actually talking to my dad because uh, I talked to him every day. So we talk about that. And I, and I when I read that, because like, you see him, he's sadly feels like I get most of my news on Twitter, just when somebody's trending and, mm-hmm. and then you kind of fit, you kind of think the worst, a lot of his career, because uh, I'm going to be 50 this year, but when I was a kid, he almost was, he pretty much stopped acting. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see him in much like in, in my, in my elective consciousness. And it was not until I really discovered, I won't say discovered him more, but when I was watching a lot of older movies when I was in my twenties, but I mean, you just hear him ever, ever since, again, since I can remember, he was always held in this incredible esteem mm-hmm. by everybody. You know, like, did you find it that way for you? I, I know. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, we, we said to not Mr. Tibbs, they call me Mr. Tibbs is, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't know, one of the great, so I think I've told you, my wife and I started watching every movie that was nominated yeah. for Best Picture, and then we had kids, and it's come to a crashing halt. Um, but one of the hundred or so movies we saw, because there were 463 originally, now there's well over 600. Um, but one of the first movies we saw on that whole thing was The Lilies of the Field, uh, which, which is, we were worried about just being like, I'm not sure how, this is going to be he. So he won the Academy Award for Best Actor for Lilies of the Field in nineteen. What was it about? Um, it is about a man who is kind of an itinerant black man looking for odd jobs around the country. Okay. Who basically gets taken in by a group of nuns in the middle of nowhere. Okay. It doesn't sound like a movie that you would be like. This movie is going to be awesome. But it was. That movie was awesome. Okay. Um. And uh, uh, I still can't hear the name Schmidt without uh, thinking of the German nun in charge going, Schmidt, we need you, Schmidt, from that movie. Um, yeah, so he's, yeah, he's, he's stopping at a farm in an Arizona desert to get water for his car. Uh, and they were German, Austrian, Hungarian nuns living in the Arizona desert who needed help with stuff. And he persuade, they persuade him to do a small roofing repair. He stays overnight, assuming he'll be paid the next morning. And uh, the mother superior convinces him that if he does some more work, 
they'll pay him the next day and he just keeps staying. It's kind of like uh, he eventually does get paid and everything else, but uh, it ends up being very much at the beginning, like uh, uh, Dread Pirate Roberts, I'll likely kill you in the morning sort of situation. And then you're still around sort of mm-hmm. the same thing. It's, it's a really, really good film. And then of course you have in the heat of the night, mm-hmm. uh, you have to serve with love. Uh, they're just, there are just so many, and of course, of course, then his comedic turn with Stir Crazy. As a director. As director, yeah, that was, yeah, I mean, Stir Crazy is another one of those, it's a movie that I feel like kind of gets lost in the midst of everything else that those two guys did. Uptown uh, Saturday night. <laughs> exactly, I was, uh, yeah, I went back and watched a scene where, uh, he jumps on the, uh, he knocks a nightstick out of the hand of the jailer and jumps on his back, asking him to ride him away to freedom and then gets pulled off. He goes, that guy thinks he's a horse. I'm sorry. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing is hilarious, but uh, yeah. So he, uh, he's been the oldest living recipient of best uh, Academy award actor since Ernest Bergnine died in 2012. Oh, so who was, do you know who that is now or? Didn't... Well, it would have been, he just passed away too. He was the hammer. Um, What's his name from The Sound of Music? Uh, I can think of his name. Oh, oh, Christopher Lee? Christopher Plummer. Plummer. Damn it. Uh, I guess, so, I guess, I've been re-watching Star Wars. I just got Disney+. Plus. Understood. Yeah. Hold on. Oldest living uh, best actor Oscar winner. It was Sidney Poitier until today. Uh, there we go. Oldest living winners as of as of 2021. That will help because they'll still be alive, hopefully. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. Um, let's see. So the oldest one still living is someone, uh, oldest winner at all is named Walter Mirish, then Ava Marie Saint, and then uh, Mel Brooks is up there too. Oh, uh, he's 94. Um, I don't actually list of old 10 oldest living Oscar winners. This is from years ago. Yeah, uh, well, it's from a few years ago and they want me to sign up for a website. Oh, I have, I have, I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, That's, it's not, it's not that important. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. So, yeah. but yeah, RAP to all of them. Yeah. Uh, hope, hopefully next week uh, not that I don't like hearing your segment but I hope it's shorter ah, no kidding me too yeah. it's a lot of talking I'd like yeah. to talk but that's a lot of talking well me. you got some more because again speaking of hammers you're the hammer the good yeah, the really- bad and the ugly of sports you told me the bad you told me the ugly I don't know what your good is well I didn't think you'd believe me I'm about to say something nice about the Vancouver Canucks um, so okay. <laughs> uh so this actually is just a kind of heartwarming story, although I wish that it, it seems a little cheapskated to me at the same time. But uh, the Canucks played the Seattle Kraken in the Kraken's first home game earlier this season. Mm-hmm. And one of the fans of the, of the Kraken banged on the glass behind the Canucks bench for the equipment managers cleaning up, mm-hmm. held up her phone saying, the mole on your neck is cancerous. You need to get it checked by a doctor. And the equipment guy just looked at her like she was nuts, but actually went and had it checked. Turns out it was cancerous and that there was skin cancer that they caught super early because this lady realized it. And he doesn't understand how, because he's like, I'm wearing uh, 
microphone equipment. I have a suit on with a collar, but she noticed it. He got the cancer removed super early and then went about on, on uh, Twitter trying to find who this woman was. So they, they found her. Her name is Nadia Popovici. Okay. Uh, and the Kraken and Canucks got together. She's going to be attending med school in the fall. Okay. And they got together and got her $10,000 scholarship towards the school. Now, I thought $10,000, $5,000 each was kind of cheapskating, in my opinion. I felt mm -hmm. like $25 would have been better. My wife pointed out they didn't necessarily have to give her anything. But again, that's true. You know, $5,000 is not very much for these guys, you know? Um, so, but still, it was just a good story. He went and found her. They had a big hug. Um, and uh, yeah, she literally, he said that it, it, she saved my life. It's, it wasn't like dragging me out of a fire. It was telling me that there was a fire and getting me out before it got worse. Nice. Uh, so that's hey, a good, good that's story. A, yeah, that's a good place to start. Yeah, uh, so I wanted to go there. So, so good on you, Nadia Popovici, and uh, good on uh, Brian Hamilton, also known as Red, despite the fact his hair is, I guess, red-ish. He seems more brown-haired to me. Uh, Why do they call him Red? On the account of that I'm Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I got right. It's uh, the color of my nose. Yep. Um, so anyway, so that's that's the good. Mm -hmm. And the bad, uh, the bad. I teased it earlier. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so the Jacksonville Jaguars are being sued. We're being sued for breach of contract by a Georgia roofing company called RoofClaim.com. Is that a bowl? Is that a what? Sounds like a bowl game. Yeah, yeah it does sound like a bowl game, uh, but. They, once Urban Meyer was fired, they tried to get the Jaguars to let them out of their sponsorship deal. And the Jaguars said no. So now they are basically the primary sponsor on TV for the Jaguars. And Jaguars fans this week are going to be having a social, they have a social media thing, and we'll see how many of them actually do it, where they're playing wearing clown attire to the game against the Colts, the last home game to show the dissatisfaction with the ownership of the team. <laughs> I got to say, just selfishly, I kind of hope they lose because our bet, but. So they're, yeah, they're suing for $30,000 in damages. Uh, they signed a four-year sponsorship with the Jaguars. Uh, they agreed to pay $2.51 over the next four years. They've paid 300000 in, and they want out. They want big, nothing. Urban Meyer fans like well, what is this what why I I I, I can't tell you uh, but I I will say that uh, uh, they just don't want to be the primary sponsor of what they're calling the clown game. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. How so do they I, miss this? I I have long said that I am fully expecting that when the league expands to England, which mm -hmm. is going to do at some point. The team that's moving is the Jaguars. The Jaguars have had, had one home game in England for a long time. And all you have to do to rearrange the divisions is you put the Jaguars in with the Patriots, Bills, and Jets. You move Miami in with the Colts, Titans, and uh, Texans. You haven't really changed much other than the Patriots don't have to go to Miami every twice a year. or every, every Isn't year. the owner living in England anyway? Uh, Shad Khan, I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, he owns Fulham. I know that. I don't know whether, actually, I don't know where he's living. I don't, well, I don't know either, but regardless, 
I mean, it's it's pretty clear to me that Jacksonville is the most likely team. They're going to want a totally. a anchor franchise from the league, and then they can build other ones around it. Um, but yeah, the sooner I think the better. Well, it's an anchor, all right. It is. Yeah. The Jaguars are coming up on their. It'll be their 29th year of existence next year. It's amazing it lasted 29 years in Jacksonville. 93 they started. I feel so old because I, I remember the, that expansion year. Yeah. With them, with them the, the Panthers. Wait, yeah. was it 93? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah, the Rockies also were 93. It was a big expansion time back then. Yeah. Yeah. The, so, uh, yeah. But yeah, the, the clown bowl was coming for Jacksonville. That seems pretty bad. Nice. It would probably be worse, except for the fact that, let's be honest, it, they don't matter as a franchise. No, no, they don't. Uh, and the ugly, and it doesn't get uglier than this, because he's, we might as well just say, this is the guy you're going to talk about every week. Future, future baseball. Future Hall baseball Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Rob Manfred. Um, so a couple things, a couple things to Rob Manfred. Yeah. First, we talked about him, uh, about a month ago, month and a half ago, maybe, uh, talking about the negotiate the negotiations, uh, between the players union and the league. Yeah. Now the league won the last negotiations by a lot over the players players again, gotten a lot of money, but other than that, the league basically has control of a lot of things. And rather than be happy with that, they just wrung everything out. And it got to the point where their negotiations, which were on the December, December 1st, lasted seven minutes. The last negotiations. Now, they're technically locked out right now. Right? Well, even I can last seven minutes. Okay. I used to be able to. Anyway, moving on. I, I was giving you my uh, Justin Timberlake meme look. <laughs> uh, uh, they have not negotiated since then. There's been no, nothing. No. Pitchers and catchers are supposed to report in three weeks. Not happening. Like, they're just going to lose large parts of the season because they won't negotiate. And Rob Manfred hates baseball. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this. And one of the people who was calling him to task over that was Ken Rosenthal, who's yeah. one of the most respected baseball writers out there. Absolutely. Baseball's got a lot of very respected writers, right? True. One of whom, one of whom's going to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, uh, I can think of his name uh, on ESPN. Tim Kirchin. Kirchin yes. was elected to the Hall, the Baseball Hall of Fame as a writer. Very, very. There's no, there may be nobody in the history of the world who loves baseball more than more than Tim Kirchin, right? Mm. Absolutely, a hundred percent worthy. But Ken Rosenthal is exceptionally good at his job and made the mistake of calling out the owners of Pravda for their bullshit. And he's been, he's been consistent that Manfred needs to do better his job. And now the only person who said that that was the reason he was let go was New York post. I haven't seen anyone else officially. And, and, have any evidence yeah, on it yet. Let, let's just specify. Cause he was let go from his role at MLB.com. He's still going to be with Fox. Correct. And, and his other roles. But I mean, he, he was working for MLB.com. I think they're trying to paint it while well, we just do rotate staff. But we all know what this is. Sure you do. Yeah. Uh, Rob Manfred 
has to be a Roger Goodell spy. Just like I've always thought Gary Bettman was on David Stern's payroll. Right? Hasn't Gary Bettman gone up? He's the only person I can ever, and I've said it before, I'll say it again for anyone listening new. He's the only person to enter a major sports hall of fame who's starting to become more of a hall of famer after he got inducted. To be fair, him becoming more of a hall of famer would would involve him just being able to walk three steps forward without tripping over his shoelace. Which he's done. He has done. He has done. Here he can also do that while chewing gum. It's amazing. Um, But... (laughs) Yeah, Gary, Gary like I, I've said this before. Yeah. Silver from the NBA is the best commissioner, and the other three are tied for fifth, right? Mm-hmm. Like yep, in the fourth four sport league. I have to tell you, I think Batman is now officially fourth. Goodell is fifth. And Manfred, he's, he's, he is the worst. He's the worst commissioner of my lifetime in any sport. Mine too. And, and we lived through uh, some of the awful things of Bud Selig. And, and Roger Goodell's a moron. Goodell is a moron. Yeah, Rob Man. And, Man- and Bat- Batman is also not great. And, and if there's any sport that really needs this, it's, it's baseball. Baseball's lost the cool factor for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Not playing, not even sort of promoting the big stars that they have in, in the best way. I know they're, they, they, they tried a lot with Otani and to their credit, they, they really actually an MLB.com did a really good job on that, but you, this is a sport that is never sort of connected with the youth. And since I, since I've been, God, I, I don't know for decades really. And it just does nothing to help itself. You probably saw that South park episode. Oh God, we got to play this. Yeah. We, we, you know, they got to play for the whole summer. And it's my dad who take me to ball games. He'd always joke because uh, he hates sports. Doing the seventh inning stretch just to wake everyone up. Yeah. Uh, he hated, God, he hated that. But he'd, he'd take me, take me to Jays games. But yeah, it's, it's another thing where we're right back where we started. They make a couple gains and they kill it. And Manfred yeah. is, yeah, he's, he's terrible. I, I, I've got nothing else really to say. I, I mean, and, and baseball is, so I don't know if any, soccer and hockey have benefited a ton from the HD revolution where oh, you could see things way better. Like the, see, being able to see the puck during a hockey game on TV, mm. you still can't see it on near boards. I mean, if you're watching, you can see it on like 85% of the ice where before, you had a vague idea where it was by the like blurry black thing where the players were, right? Like soccer is with the widescreen format in HD. You could see absolutely everything. It's over in two hours. Mm-hmm. I can have it on the background. You have to pay that much attention. You can do something else. If you're not that big a fan, just a casual fan, you do something else. And every once in a while, something important will happen. The voices will raise. You'll figure it out and go from there. Baseball gets nothing out of that. There's no, there's no advantage of sitting around because you don't know how long you're going to be there. You go legitimately be there five hours. If it's a Red Sox Yankees game, it's more likely to be five hours and two and a half. Well, and to, and to your point with the whole HD thing, especially now with the advances of just technology, 
with the box, with the pitch box. That also hurts every bad call over and over and over. And try and explain that to a new fan, to a young person. Okay, so who's like inundated with technology. Well, you know, here's part of the, 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 the intricacies of baseball, that different umpires have a different strike zone. Why? How do you explain that to, you know, the old thing, explain it like I'm five. You can't. No. No. And, and I'll say this too. Like, the other, another thing that hurts it is video games. Like, if you're going to play one season in baseball, you can play 10 in Madden and still have played fewer games. <laughs> Not counting playoffs. Right. Like, it's a 162-game season. Believe me, I, I, I played MLB The Show 09 on my, on my PlayStation 2 through the 2031 season at one point. Wow. Uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates, the 09 Pirates what? is what I started with. I wanted a challenge. It wasn't fun playing with one of the big teams. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I bottomed out in 2009 with a whole bunch of ro- like rookies. Uh, I traded for the best prospects I could off of every team and won the World Series in 2012 legitimately, not like cheating. Um, so uh, it, was, it was fun. But, and, then I, and then my PlayStation 2 just, just deleted everything. It was awful. I wasn't going to redo it, so I've never gone back. But like that took me... I don't know. So 2009 to 20, I think it was 2031. So was that uh, 22 seasons? That took me 14 years, 13 years, something crazy like that. And I wasn't playing all the time, but like, and I was simulating a bunch of games. Like you just can't, I don't know. It's, it's a tough sport. It's a good sport for you to get into. If you're good at it, you can play a long time without getting injured and get a decent amount of money out of it. Um, you don't have a helmet on, so you have the opportunity to, you know, have your smiling face on TV whenever something goes well, like you can in basketball, you can't in football, you can't really in hockey. Uh, and they just have a guy who hates the sport, just hates it. They hate the sport. They don't know how to market it. And I think a lot of these baseball players don't know how to market themselves. 100%. I mean, Mike Trout should be just, just think of the guys you're talking about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Everyone in America, if you put up a picture, not everyone, of course, but like over 50% of all Americans, if you put up a picture in 2005 of Barry Bonds would recognize him. Yes, they would. Mm -hmm. What percentage of Americans do you put up a picture of Mike Trout? Less than 30. What what percentage of Americans, if you put up a picture of Shohei Otani? More than 30, but not not by not less, Way less than 50. Yeah, we lost them 50. So I mean, to- think, think of like Justin Verlander, who's been around forever, first Bell Hall of Famer. Like, it's just, yeah. it, it's, it's just nobody cares. And the problem with not nobody caring is that the people who care the least are the people in charge. They're making money yeah. and they don't care about anything else. And they don't care if they shut the season down because they're still going to make money. You know, and to, to what you said, I mean, look at the NBA and how much that's grown in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone you brought up last week, Zion Williamson, mm-hmm. he'd have more of a Q rating or just like that than probably Mike Trout if you put them side by side. 100%. I bet more people would know who Zion Williamson That's is. one of them things, Zion Williamson. Yeah, I know I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And that's yeah. not a shot on Zion. It, it just, well, I mean, just it, but Zion Williamson's the 25th best player in the NBA? Not even because he can't, he's not even playing right now. But I mean, all right, 
40th? Like, you, my point is, like, say he's the 40th best player in the NBA. 40th best player in the NBA when we were kids was Dwayne Shinsis. Like, who knows? Yeah. Right? And, uh, and there's no way people would know who that was more than Cal Ripken, yeah. who was not even the best player in baseball. Ozzie Smith, yeah. Smith, Cal Ripken, uh, Roger Clemens. I'm just thinking of like all the people, Bo Jackson. Hmm. Hmm. Think about this. So when that famous Homer at the bat episode. Mm-hmm. Can you come up with nine people that are recognized like those nine at that time? I mean, some of them don't stand out. Like you think, well, why was Steve Sachs? Steve Sachs was a pretty popular guy at one point. Yeah. But it's, it's Trout. Otani, Betts. Well, you could get anyone to voice Trout. You wouldn't even know if it's really him. But my, my point is, yeah. I've, I've, I've come up with my list. Okay, good. That's it. Oh, yeah. Trout, Otani, Betts. Uh, is there anyone else who would be uh, recognizable? A bunch of people? I mean, Red, Red, Red Sox, maybe. Red Sox fans know Xander Bogarts really, really well. He's been around a long time. He's an all, all-star. Yeah. He has a shot at the Hall of Fame maybe when he retires if he sticks around long enough. Nobody knows who he is outside of... Vladimir Guerrero got a lot of attention this year. Vlad Jr., yeah. Yeah. But more people would know Vlad Sr. than Vlad Jr. So sad. And, and, you, and it's, you're right, too. The helmet, you see what they look like. Football, the players have such a disadvantage when it comes to that marketing, especially in hockey as they got more and more you know, you know, facial coverings and, and whatnot. I mean, I don't know how many times you'll see some kind of sports list where soccer's worst haircuts. You don't see that in the NFL because you don't really see their hair. Right. That matters, but to to be fair, the, the only reason I know I can tell instantaneously who Jalen Mills is on the Patriots because he's got green hair. Like and he's got oh. green greds hanging out the back of his jersey. I'm like, all right, well that's Jalen Mills. I don't have to look for his number two. I just know that's Mills. But he's literally the only one I could think of because even guys who have dreads, there are enough of them that he's not necessarily you know who it is. Yeah. So. And baseball is going to keep whoever replaces Manfred will be the same type of idiot. That's the sad part. What? This is going to sound weird. What baseball needs, and it's the same thing that the Chicago Bears need right now. Okay, what's up? They need someone who actually knows the sport in charge. Okay. Yeah. They need someone who actually knows cares about the sport in charge. The Bears' biggest problem is nobody knows how to play football. Like they don't none of the McCaskies or anybody care. None Ted Phillips, who's now going to be in charge of the building the new stadium out in Arlington mm-hmm. Heights. None of these people care about the sure. football team as a entity. They care about the money making side of it, but that's about it. Right? The Bears make money. The Bulls are great now. The Bulls' first four years out here were terrible, but they still sold out all the time because people just love the Bulls. I love basketball in Chicago. They'd come to see the other teams, everything like that. Or well, fans the would Bull, come. The Bulls weren't, tr- weren't trying to tank on purpose, or like they were trying. Neither, neither the Bears. It didn't work. Neither the Bears. Mm. The Bears aren't trying to tank on purpose either. Right. And it reminds me of my, my growing up uh, white. People say, well, you grew up in Toronto. I'll come here not a Leafs fan. Harold Ballard, there's my answer. Hockey mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, Harold Ballard. Is is Wirtz the Hall of is Wirtz the owner of the Blackhawks a Hall of Famer? Stan I'm Wirtz? pretty sure he is. Yeah. That I mean, he was Jeremy Jacobs 
of the Bruins, like another one. They're just it's a business. Arthur Wurtz was good. What? Arthur Wurtz was I I I believe pretty competent. Okay. But they they just they just they need someone who knows the sport in charge. Manfred knows bottom line, but doesn't actually give a damn about the sport whatsoever. No. They need someone to come in like Theo Epstein. Ooh. He's available. I'm just saying. It doesn't have to be Theo Epstein, but somebody who gives a damn and can run something at the same mm. time. I like that. Well, I guess with that, so I think we've been on almost two hours or close oh, to man. a We're lot of dead people. This problem. That just feels like a long time when I'm talking to you. It was a shot. Come on. I'm, I'm, there's I know. I was trying to come up with a good comeback, but I didn't have one. All right. All good. So. For those who pay attention to us, we're going to be doing our baseball th- our baseball mock committee. It's not really a committee. We're just going to shoot the shit and uh, debate and mm-hmm. give our pros and cons. But we are going to be doing our finals for the Pro Football Hall of Fame committee where we're going to treat it as if we are the people voting. So we're looking forward to that. Look for more things of that in the future. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, I wrote a book. Find my book. Chavo Guerrero, Instant Classic. I helped him, helped him, helped him write it before he passed on. And I've actually started writing a book this year. It's one of my New Year's resolutions. So really, it's fiction. It's based off of an existing work. I'm not going to say anything other else about it, other than I am actively working on it. So all right, it's I, been I, in my head. It's been in my head for years, and I just nice. years, I'm 43. How much longer am I going to sit on this without actually writing it? If it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't go anywhere. But at least I I need to write it for me. So and you know someone will help you get it on Amazon. Or at least knows all the all the little intricacies of that. That'd be good. Didn't so. seem as easy as I thought it would be. But anywho, <laughs> stay safe, everybody, wherever you might be. Hope you're safe. Take care, guys. All right, bye.